listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in, everyone. Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome on in to episode number 121. Very excited to have our special guest for the very first time, the master of Team Alfonso Dojo, the one and only rising star of freelance wrestling and freelance underground, Alfonso Gonzalez. He will be joining us in just a little bit, but before we get to Alfonso, lots to talk about from this past weekend in local and national professional wrestling, including the new AEW champion, C.M. Punk plus Project Monix strikes again at Freelance Underground. We'll have all that and a whole lot more coming up next right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle. But what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. Hey, it's the cryonic redneck Coldstone Tim Boston, CS underscore Tim Boston on social media. And when I'm not scooping, when I'm not wrestling, I'm listening to Windy City Slam. Give me a, well, yeah. Well, yeah. All right, back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. What an amazing AEW Double or Nothing show. Sunday night, May the 29th in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. And after four and a half hours of in-ring action, the new AEW champion is Chicago's very own CM Punk. First time he's been world champion in over nine years. So since he lost the WWE championship to the rock at the Royal rumble of 2013, it's been a long time since CM Punk has been on top of the wrestling world as a world champion. He defeats hangman Adam page in what was a pretty darn good match. I don't think it reached epic proportions. Like I thought it might, but it was still very, very good. Some great storytelling. Fans were kind of going back and forth either way. But I think the fans were very happy of CM Punk winning because I had a feeling that maybe they were going to turn a little bit on Punk, but I guess we'll see what happens in the coming weeks on AEW television with all that. But And the new angle for Hangman Adam Page following the loss too should be very, very interesting as well. Congratulations, CM Punk, back on top of the wrestling world. And taking a quick look at the rest of that show, we had the buy-in match with Hook and Danhausen defeating Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling. 
And one of my moments that I totally popped for big time, one of my favorite moments of the night, Wardlow pins MJF following 10 power bombs. I, I pop huge. I mean, I've met Wardlow in the past at Warrior Wrestling. Cool dude. Really rooting hard for him to be a big time success on the national scene. And it seems like he's finally doing that here. He's emancipated from MJF's contract. He's all elite, so to speak, officially away from MJF and now just a regular AEW contract. So very excited for the future of Wardlow and MJF just knows how to play that heel so well. And this whole MJF thing where it seemed like he wasn't going to show up for his match, really intriguing to me because he did show up despite all the reports that he didn't show up for the meet and greet the day before, wasn't in the arena. It's interesting to see what is going on with his future as well. And I, I know he wants to be in WWE at some point. He's tailor-made for sports entertainment. So we'll stay tuned to that story for a while as well. And then Elite versus Delete. We had the Hardys defeating the Young Bucks after Jeff Swanton and Pin Nick Jackson. TBS Championship. And this had a lot of crazy little things happen during this match. Jade Cargill retains the title, remains undefeated by defeating Anna Jay with an avalanche jaded after Stokely Hathaway shows up, the former Malcolm Bivens of Diamond Mine from NXT. I really, really liked Stokely Hathaway. I, I, I was kind of hoping he'd be a little bit bigger in NXT and eventually in the WWE umbrella, but I love the fact that he's in AEW. I, I think he's going to be great for Jade Cargill. House of Black defeats Death Triangle when... Malachi Black pin pack following a black mass after Julia Hart, eye patch and all, came out, spit in Pack's face, and swayed that match. Men's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Finals. It was Adam Cole pinning Samoa Joe after the boom. And on the women's Owen, it was Dr. Britt Baker pinning Ruby Soho. And now we have kind of have a King of Hearts situation with Adam Cole. And his girlfriend, Dr. Britt Baker. Should be very interesting to see where they go from there. Then, in a totally rushed six-person tag, I mean, they could have saved this for a main event of another show, and they just kind of hurriedly put this together for this show. Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Paige Van Zant. That's right, the UFC superstar, Paige Van Zant. They defeat Frankie Kazarian, Semi Guevara, and Ty Conti when Scorpio Sky pinned Kazarian following a TKO. Kind of disappointed. They, they could they could have had a huge hype train for this. I mean, milk this a little bit, Tony. I mean, I thought it would have been great as a main event of like All Out or maybe even Full Gear in the fall or even just a big television special or something like that where you can get the all the necessary hype. You bring in all the UFC fans, all the casual fans, and maybe you get some more people watching AEW and see those ratings go up more and more, maybe even get bigger buy rates, even though they did have their best gate at this double or nothing show. There's still room for improvement for Tony Khan and company. We had Kyle O'Reilly pinning Darby Allen after a diving knee drop. AEW women's world championship. Thunder Rosa pins Serena deep following a fire thunder driver. And this was probably Serena Deeb's best match on a big spotlight and Serena Deeb definitely deserves it. Nice long career 
toiling around in the Indies, cup of coffee in WWE, but I'm so happy for her and I'm stoked for Thunder Rosa remaining the champion. Then we had the crazy anarchy in the arena match. The Jericho Appreciation Society defeats John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Santana Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston when Jericho and Hager made Danielson pass out. This was a brutal match. Lots of weapons, lots of fighting in the crowd, and a freight elevator. They, they fought everywhere. Lots of blood. We almost had gasoline, and Brian Danielson stopped Eddie Kingston from using lighter fluid and, and lighting a match. It was really crazy. Then we had the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus retain over Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland when the, when the Express hit a tandem powerbomb on Swerve and pinned him. And then, of course, we had the main event of CM Punk pinning Hangman Adam Page with the GTS. Coming up this weekend, we have WWE Hell in a Cell at Allstate Arena in Chicago suburb of Rosemont. Sunday night, June the 5th, 7 p.m. on Peacock slash WWE Network. WWE is advertising this as an official sellout, although you could probably still get secondary market tickets. Only a few matches have been announced as of show recording. The Hell in a Cell match. In It's now the third match in a trilogy between Cody Rhodes and Seth freaking Rollins. And then for the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair defends against Asuka and Becky Lynch. Bobby Lashley in a two-on-one handicap match faces Omas and MVP. And Ezekiel, a.k.a. Elias, according to Kevin Owens, faces his tormentor, Kevin Owens. I'm actually kind of enjoying that little feud with Owens because Owens is freaking hilarious. And I love the fact when he's on commentary and Ezekiel's wrestling, and he's always correcting the announcers calling Ezekiel Elias. It, it, it's a riot to me. And I kind of like it. It's kind of fun. And... um. I would assume it'll probably run its course after another few weeks, but let's enjoy it while, it, while we have it. And then also Saturday night, June the 4th, NXT's In Your House at the Capitol Wrestling Center down at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando. And that will also be on WWE Network slash Peacock. Three matches announced so far. NXT champion Braun Breaker defends against Joe Gacy. And Joe Gacy's got a couple of disciples and hoods and that. And I have a feeling... And I'm not too happy about this, but I think the two guys in hoods are the uh, former Gibson and Drake, known as Grizzled Young Veterans. I think those are the guys in the hoods, and they were just so damn good as a tag team. Great heels. One of the most underrated tag teams in the entire wrestling world. Totally misused by WWE. And now they're going to be henchmen for Joe Gacy? Ugh. But... I think Braun retains here and moves on. NXT North American Championship. Cameron Grimes defends against the athletic Carmelo Hayes. And then for the NXT Tag Team Championships, the champions of Pretty Deadly defend against the Creed Brothers. Switching to local professional wrestling, a couple of big events from this past weekend. Let's get into Warrior Wrestling 22 down at the Gateway Convention Center in Collinsville, Illinois. Metro St. Louis, Warriors' first foray into the St. Louis area. Warhorse defeats Adam Brooks by submission with the Sharpshooter or Scorpion Deathlock, whatever you want to call it. Then we had 
Team Ambition members going at it hot and heavy. Camaro Jackson defeats Mike Outlaw by pinfall. And then in the New Japan Dojo Showcase, Alex Coughlin pins Yuyu Yamura after an amazing sequence of a suplex from a seated position in the ring and then a vicious clothesline. That was definitely the highlight of the weekend in terms of a match clip right there was Coughlin's brute strength. Dragon Bane pins Alpha Wolf after Poison Rana in a lucha match. Warrior Wrestling Medallion holder Casey Navarro pins Mike Bennett. In a surprise appearance, Lance Archer defeats Myron Reed and Dante Leon as Archer pins Leon after a blackout in a triple threat match. Then it was Deanna Perrazzo pinning Team Ambition member Tootie Lin, while Lin had Perrazzo in the Fujiwara armbar. So Perrazzo kind of turns the leverage, gets the pin, does not submit, and she gets out and she escapes with the victory. Jeff Cobb pins Jonah with a jackknife pin after a long battle between behemoths. And then we had Trevor Outlaw coming out to start the memorial for Frank the Clown's broken arm. And then Frank once again rips on Warrior Management, Principal Steve and Eric, and vows revenge on Athena by signing Janai Kai to a one-night contract with a team option. And then next, we had the Warrior Wrestling Women's Championship, Athena. Defends the title successfully over Janai Kai, wins with a submission. And Athena was trying to break Trevor Outlaw's arm on the outside of the ring during that match. And one more note about Athena she is now all elite, officially signed with AEW. And with Warrior Wrestling champion Will Ospreay out due to an illness, the main event was Davey Richards facing the former. Warrior Wrestling Champion Brian Cage, and he defeats him after hitting a power driver following Casey Navarro interfering with a chair. And that whole deal with Cage and Navarro is really, really blowing up. And we'll see what happens down the line. And then just before we hit the air here, talking about Warrior Wrestling, they announce the War of Attrition match for Warrior Wrestling 23 in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Saturday, June the 18th, Will Ospreay will be back to defend the championship. He faces Lance Archer, Brian Pillman Jr., Matt Cardona, Jeff Cobb, Davey Richards, Jake Something, and Swerve Strickland. And those War of Attrition matches are amazing. They start out four versus four after random draw. And then the person who gets the pinfall in the first segment of the match picks his tag team partner to face the remaining two in the next stage. And then the, the winner, the winning team of that stage faces each other to determine the winner. Good stuff from warrior wrestling, another excellent show. And hopefully will Osprey feels a lot better and he'll be back and ready to go for grand rapids. Also this past Saturday night, freelance undergrounds, four quarters, Thornton distilling, I watched this live on IWTV.live. And let's get to the big news of the show without any more hesitation. Project Monix defeats Matt Nix in the submit or I quit match. Nix could not continue after Nix's corner man slash freelance underground promoter James Cambioni slash James Russo turns on him. 
Russo says Nix was too much of a good guy that he couldn't put Maddox away, that he couldn't get down and dirty and knock him out. And then Russo also adds that he was the godfather of Chicago wrestling and that he's running both freelance and freelance underground while Matt Nix stepped away from that responsibility. And after the match, Russo and Monix just go crazy. Russo directs Monix to stomp and, and put poor Chico Suave into the Nagata lock, makes him tap out. Heartbreaking scene for poor Chico Suave. And Project Monix does it once again. And as soon as I heard that James Russo was going to be in, in Matt Nix's corner, I knew something was up. I didn't want to say anything on the air last week because I it almost would have felt like a spoiler to make a prediction like that. But sure enough, I was right. And this whole Project Monix thing is getting really, really crazy. And now James Russo is in his corner. And Russo even called Monix the undisputed freelance champion with that original freelance underground belt. I wonder what Calvin Tankman has to say about that, especially after Tankman defends the championship successfully in the main event, defeating Joshua Bishop with a Tankman driver in an excellent big man match. The rest of the results on the show, we have J.J. Garrett defeating this week's Windy City Slam podcast guest, Alfonso Gonzalez, and Megabyte Ronnie, who was a last-minute replacement for Acid Jazz and... If Megabyte Ronnie rings a bell, he's a competitive eater. He's He's been in hot dog eating contests and various other eating contests. And he's also been an AEW dark. So it's definitely interesting to see him in the freelance underground universe. Garrett ends up pinning Gonzalez after a frog splash. And there were also hot dogs involved in the match. You can't make this stuff up, folks. And then we had Heather Monroe, who's now based in Chicago, defeating the up-and-coming Blair Onyx in a very good women's match. Alice Crowley pulls off the victory over GPA and GPA's freelance underground slump as a singles competitor continues. GPA was missing Laney because she was at a different show on Saturday night, and it showed. And then we had the freelance underground tag team championships. The Brothers of Construction defeat the Bang Bros, after some chicanery, including Frank the Clown's music playing and a balloon pop to the face of, I believe, August Matthews leading to the pin. And obviously, we know Frank was not in Thornton. He was in Collinsville for Warrior Wrestling, but Frank the Clown making an impact in two different places at the same time. That's one dastardly SOB, if you ask me. And then we have the Freelance Underground Independent Championship in an excellent match. Storm Grayson... Defends and retains, pinning Wes Barkley following a knee trigger. And then, in a tag team affair, pick and pop, Darius Luttrell and Coda Hernandez defeat the Philly Marino experience when Coda used a loaded sock to turn the tide in that one. And pick and pop might be your new number one contenders for that freelance underground championship. Coming up this weekend, Black Label Pro presents an amazing doubleheader, Tyler's Day Off. RDS Gym in Crown Point, Indiana at 3 and 7 p.m. The first card features the Freelance Legacy Championship. Ryan Keith will defend against Isaiah Velasquez. Plus, we have Calvin Tankman versus Chris Bay. Warhorse against Christopher Daniels. 
Kylie Ray versus Trisha Dora, a match we could have seen at Zello Pro a few months ago, but Kylie couldn't make it due to an injury. But now that match is happening in Black Label Pro, so that should be pretty darn cool. And then you also have Trey Miguel and Myron Reed against the Bang Bros. Those are your highlights of that first show, and it's absolutely loaded. Second show, card two, the Black Label Pro Championship, PCO defends against Jake Something, and also the Black Label Pro Tag Team Championships, Violence Is Forever defends against Kevin Blackwood and Filthy Tom Lawler, plus we have Billy Starks and Willow Nightingale. So two excellent action-packed cards from Black Label Pro this Saturday at 3 and at 7 p.m. in Crown Point. And also, Saturday night, June the 4th, Power Entertainment's Summer Explosion returns to Fox Lake at the American Legion, featuring Power Heavyweight Champion Scott Spade with Tiny, taking on SCW's Max Holiday. The Power Midwest Champion Rough Crossing defends in an open challenge, and of course Tiny will be in Rough's corner as well. And then we have the POW Tag Team Championship. Revolution looks to get revenge for what happened to Sandra D last month. They defend against Bad Ombre Cartel. And in a POW versus SCW Tag Team War, Joey the Pitbull Chichi and Paulie Tomaselli face SCW's Hunter Payne and Marco Anthony. Making his in-ring return to POW Entertainment, your boy Mason Perks against the Masked Marauder. Tag Team Action sees IPA take on Modern Decay, and there will also be the Keys to the Kingdom Battle Royal. Also, Saturday night coming up in the Chicago area and in Wisconsin, we have Zawa Live in Deer Grove, Adrenaline Wrestling, a TV taping up in Love's Park, GLCW's Oh You Didn't Know with the Road Dog Jesse James in Merrill, Wisconsin, and Premier Pro Wrestling's Shut Up and Wrestle in Woodstock. All right, coming up in just a few minutes, making his debut right here on Windy City Slam Podcast, the master of Team Alfonso Dojo, Alfonso Gonzalez. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. All right, everyone, back here on Windy City Slam podcast this week. Very excited to have on the show for the very first time making his debut on the Windy City Slam podcast. He's the master of Team Alfonso Dojo, the one and only rising star of freelance wrestling and freelance underground, Alfonso Gonzalez. Alfonso, how you doing? Oh, great, Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I love that introduction, man. I think I'm going to have to start paying you to like, follow me around and just introduce me like that especially when you said rising star and freelance wrestling you know you couldn't have said it any better right there i could be your ricardo rodriguez although i can't troll for shit <laughs> yeah exactly hey dude you know what between you and me neither can i so <laughs> <laughs> axel rico is gonna get on both of our cases <laughs> oh gee i hope he does i hope i mean and he'd be right too 
I mean, everybody always has like a look of disgust when I tell them I can't roll my R's. Yeah, but he's so. the master of that in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So let's get into Team Alfonso. Uh, what exactly is it? Where did it come from? And how come, as of right now, as, as far as we know, only as one member? Uh, you know, it's kind of uh, it's kind of like if you're the best at pro wrestling, you're more than welcome to get a tryout to maybe get on. As of right now, I'm the only guy at the top level. That's why I'm the only member of the team. I've tried with like one person in the past, and uh, she ended up just letting me down, but we don't need to talk about her. Uh, it's kind of like Fight Club, too, you know? That's why you don't hear about it as much, you know? We don't talk about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, the dojo's in a secret location somewhere in the Himalayas, but other than that, you know, I can't really tell you guys that much about it, you know? Because I don't want to give out free information, my free knowledge and wisdom out. You come out to the best around by Joe Esposito from the Karate Kid soundtrack. And, you know, you do this whole thing. We, you got the little uh, headband and all that going on. It, it's a really, really cool thing. So uh, what kind of drove you to that, uh, that character? Uh, you know, I feel like the Karate Kid, you know, was like loosely based on my life, even though it came out like 40 years before I was born. Uh, except I'm Johnny and I would actually win at the end, but, you know, I always loved Johnny. Like he wore a headband. That was super cool. Uh, he was the best at, at Cobra Kai, you know, and, you know, it just kind of spoke to me that, you know, this guy that has everything can also still be the best at everything. So, you know, that's why I come out to the best because if you're on team Alfonso, that means you're the best around, you know? So I gotta, I gotta remind people cause you know, I don't know. A lot of wrestling fans tend to be simpletons and they might not understand it. So I have to literally spell it out with my entrance music that I'm the best and whoever I'm facing is most likely going to lose. Are you uh, into the new Cobra Kai episodes at all? Oh yeah. I love it. I love watching it, man. It's so funny. It's so, uh, I don't know. It's such a throwback and it's like so corny in like an eighties way. Like that's what I find hilarious about it. Cause I'll show people that, uh, maybe didn't watch the old movies or whatnot or didn't watch things like that came out in that time. And they're like, why is everything so cheesy and corny? I'm like, that's the point. Like it's supposed to be funny like that. It's a throwback. And one thing I think about that show is that's really, really cool. It shows the best of everybody and the worst of everybody. Even a goody two shoes like Daniel LaRusso <laughs> kind of shows his bad side at times. And then yeah. that downtrodden Johnny Lawrence, who was the punk in high school, you kind of feel sympathy for him. So it, it, it kind of comes around. It. It's really, really interesting. It's funny because like you can go one episode like being team Johnny. And then by the end of that episode, you're like, oh, no, no, I feel for Daniel LaRusso and vice versa. Like they, it switches up. It's really, really cool. Uh, if folks listening haven't watched Cobra Kai, check it out on Netflix. Really, really good show. Yeah. Getting back to uh, Mr. Gonzalez here. When I first met you, you were helping out behind the scenes at Warrior Wrestling Show. Now, not yeah. only are you, are you wrestling on main cards of really good Chicago shows, you're getting some really nice shine. You even have victories over the likes of Project Monix, Kylie Ray, and Blair Onyx over the last few months. So what's it like kind of rising through the freelance wrestling academy system? Uh, you know, the academy is an interesting thing. You know, I took a little break from the dojo to go train at the academy to see what these students had to offer. And, you know, I wasn't too impressed. There's some people that are doing pretty well for themselves. But, you know, it's they're doing a great thing at the academy there. Like, I remember, uh, I think one of my first weeks there, like, well, something that rubbed me the wrong way is they kicked Trevor Outlaw out of the school. And I'm like, why are you kicking this nice dude out, you know? 
just because he speaks his mind and, you know, he's smarter than most of the people in that building. They kicked him out, you know, because they fear somebody with that knowledge. So that rubbed me the wrong way a little bit at first. But other than that, you know, they have great trainers. They have great uh, classes there open five days a week. There's always going to be somebody there. And they tell you straight up, like, just because you go to the school doesn't mean you're going to get on the show. So they pick the hardest working people, uh, some of the most talented people, like, like, look at like a Davey Bang and an August Matthews. They're killing it right now, mm-hmm. you know, so some people like that will get on. So they always tell you, like, just because you sign up for the school, it's no promise you're going to get on the show. So I took that as I'm going to show up as much as I can work as hard as I can to hopefully get an opportunity. And I've been blessed with uh, some of the opponents I've gotten. And, uh, you know, I treat every match like it's my last match and I have to leave everything out there kind of, without like destroying my body. So what's the most important thing you've learned so far at the Freelance Resume Academy? Oh, man, I don't know. It's hard to think of just one thing because I feel like I'm learning things all day. Every day I'm there, it's tricky. But if I had to pick one, like in ring performance wise, one they always tell everybody is slow down, you know, make sure you got your feet underneath you. Make sure, uh, cause like people will see like the more advanced people moving fast, fast. And I think like, Oh, I gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. But no, it's about like taking time, taking your time, getting your footwork down and then speed will come naturally after, which is something that, uh, helped me for sure. Because, you know, I'm, I'm a speedy Gonzalez, you know, so I'm always trying to like, you know, burn through everything. Uh, but just stuff like that. And uh, Isaiah Velasquez, he's a great trainer because like if you have any questions for him, like wrestling wise or even outside of the ring, he's always open ears as long as it's before 10 o'clock when he's ready to go home. Yeah, And uh, is he your favorite trainer? I know they have a few different uh, trainers there, uh, Kyle uh, and uh, Ego and, and folks like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't really pick favorites, but if I had to, it'd probably be myself. <laughs> so you're going to start teaching the classes soon. No, no. I mean, I might, I might poach some of the people and give them a free opportunity at my dojo, but I don't know if I'll oh, teach at go. that school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to start recruiting for that dojo. You know, you need a little bit more than one person in it. Yeah. You know, they get hey, dude, you know, there's strength in numbers and no numbers better than number one. Absolutely. Uh, so what is your backstory in terms of liking professional wrestling were you a fan as a kid what drew you to wrestling and then what led you to the freelance wrestling academy oh man well it's hard to put a date on it because i feel like i've loved wrestling my whole life because my dad was super into it and my brothers were super into it because i'm the youngest of uh, four uh, boys so i don't know it's hard to like put like a pin on where it all started i always just remember it being on i always remember wrestling around with my brothers and the first wrestler I probably fell in love with was like Rey Mysterio, just because I'm like, you small like me and the mask is super cool. And then over time, I don't know. I just like appreciated every aspect of wrestling. And I remember my dad, he would always, he would always show me like promos from like superstar Billy Graham and Don Morocco. And I'd admire the way they could talk and like in interviews and like, just look like a superstar and uh, tell these stories back in territorial days where like my dad would tell me he would like, be so focused in on it that like he could not miss it. And LA, uh, LA wrestling tapes were super hard to get as well. Uh, so I don't know, like it's, it's just always been something I've loved to where when it was time to like start thinking about what I wanted to do in the future in the back of my head was always thinking like, I always wanted to be a professional wrestler. I always wanted to give it my all. 
And what led me to the academy was I was following, I think, freelance wrestling on, on Instagram or Facebook, something like that. And then I saw that they had an academy. So it's a no-brainer. I'm like, you look at the product they're putting out and like now and even at that time, I'm like, it's a no-brainer for me that that's the school in Chicago I had to go to. Yeah, amazing shows from Freelance Wrestling and Freelance Underground. And speaking of Freelance Underground, this past weekend, it was a hell of a show. Uh, we had the, oh, yeah. the latest in the Project Monix uh, saga <laughs> with James Russo helping out Monix beat Matt Nix. But you also had your match, Triple Threat. It was against J.J. Garrett and Megabyte Ronnie, who actually has experience in food eating competitions and was also featured on an AEW dark, I believe. So that was kind of an interesting experience for you to be in the ring with both of those guys. Oh, for sure. I think they've both been on dark, but, um, yeah, JJ, you know, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's crazy. Cause like it shows that in wrestling, like things can always change because, you know, I was in like a four week training camp getting ready for JJ Garrett and acid jazz. And then the night before acid jazz gets sick. So now, I wasn't prepared for like this six foot jacked hairy hot dog eater, you know, to be thrown in last second. So, but you know, that's why team Alfonso was number one, because in my head, I'm like, you know what? This guy just said he ate a hundred and what was it like hundred, 200 donut holes in Indianapolis the day before. That's why I was ramming my shoulder into his gut uh, probably about five times in that match. And JJ, JJ is great. He's somebody that I'd been wanting to work for a while. Uh, so lucky to get to do that he barely beat me uh i would say i won because that hot dog is a foreign object you know so technically i think i should have won by dq but you know you can't do anything about it yeah usually you don't have dqs and uh triple threats unfortunately so i know yeah yeah they should have made that more clear in the beginning you know (laughs) otherwise i would have been prepared yeah um so I was actually pretty good strategy uh, you had against Megabyte Ronnie, but unfortunately he for you, he did not get sick in the ring and uh, had to take himself out of the match. So uh, it was still a triple threat throughout the whole uh, deal. No, yeah. I was scared I was going to make him like excellent crap himself and I'd slip on it or something, but you know. Yeah, you don't want that. Uh, nah. Tommy Dream- yeah, Tommy Dreamer actually once told me a story where uh, I, I think uh, Sabu crapped his pants or something like that. And- <laughs> And it was it was kind of a crazy story. He was at Wizard World on a panel, and oh, that's great! Like, oh my god, it's crazy. That's like I feel like that's like secretly like a biggest fear of any wrestler is accidentally like pooping yourself in the ring. Mm-hmm. But it happens. It I, I think it happens like a shocking more amount than people would think. Yeah, I know people try to conceal it, but sometimes you <laughs> can't. That'll never happen to me. If it does, I'm gonna retire. <laughs> yeah, you have to go into hiding then. Uh... Uh, take your dojo to yeah. some remote location. Yeah. I'll start out. wrestling under a mask. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a real luchador with the mask. Yeah, exactly. So what is your favorite moment of your career so far? Oh, my favorite moment. That's tough. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's easy to say whenever I win. One that I kind of feel bad for looking back was in October. I ended up wrestling Project Monix in a singles match at Freelance Wrestling, and it was his, uh, it was his retirement tour, you know? Yes. A day before uh, the final phase. And I beat him so bad, and I believe five minutes and 23 seconds, that he had to scrap his plan to retire the next day. And he's like, I can't believe I just lost this, this new up-and-comer in such quick fashion that 
he canceled his retirement the next day because he couldn't live with himself. So I feel kind of responsible for like everything Pat's been doing at freelance and freelance underground. Uh, so that's one that's special to me. Another one, obviously beating uh, Kylie Ray at freelance as well. Clean in the center of the ring. That was another great moment. Yeah. Amazing wins there. Uh, to just be in the ring with those two talents and then go over them too, which is even crazier for a guy who's been in the business for how long, about a year, maybe in terms of uh, matches? working matches under a year. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, man. So uh, you are the guy responsible for this uh, full-on final phase from Pat Project Monix, right? It wasn't some long plan that he had. No, no, nah, nah, it's me, dude. I don't care what he says. He uh, he couldn't live with himself, and he thought of all this like the day after I beat him. You know, I you know, I did feel bad about it, but after seeing uh, James slap Chico, I'm like, okay, maybe it wasn't so bad. I'm like, that was pretty good. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know if you guys could tell through the stream or not, but James got a really nice haircut, and it looks really good. Yeah, he did. And, and, and poor Chico. I mean, I, mean, I feel like Chico. I don't know if ah, he had it coming. No, he had it coming. He, uh, they, Chico's something. He's like literally a living, like, human cartoon. I don't know. Sometimes I don't even think he's real. I have to, like, ask, I'll ask somebody, I'll be like, Pat, is that guy even, like, is that a real human being? He's like, yeah, you just get used to him. <laughs> so I don't blame him. I don't blame them for what they did to Chico. You have, Black Label Pros, Tyler's Day Off this weekend. I believe that's one of your next shows you're on. And yeah. you're part of an eight-man scramble with the likes of one-man dynasty, Darius Luttrell, Golden Gun, Mark Wheeler, Jesse V, Sabotage, Sean, Xavier Walker, and Maserati, Wes Barkley. Now, that's a, that's oh, yeah. a group right there. And you've had some mixed success in freelance scrambles, including a victory a couple of months ago. So do you think that experience will help you out in this situation? I think it'll help for sure. Uh, I've never, I've done mostly six man scrambles. I've yet to do an eight man scramble. So I'm very excited for that. Very thankful that Black Label Pro is putting me on this show. Uh, and then just like looking at the competition, it's like a who's who of, you know, all these weirdos. We got Darius Luttrell, the Division Three bench warmer, I had to resort to wrestling because basketball didn't work out. Easy work from there. Just take out his knees. He'll be at my height at that level. Sabotage Sean, he's a good guy. But that's why it kind of saddens me that I have to like mop the floor with him in uh, Crown Point, beat him too. I was already West. He's actually a cool dude. He's probably got the whitest teeth I've ever seen on any human being. It's almost infectious, that smile of his. It's probably better than Kylie's. Uh, who else? Mark Wheeler actually had that four way with him at Underground. That was a blast. Uh, he was a cool dude until he uh, spit a booger on my face. So, you know, Six man, eight man, 12 man, 30 man rumble. I don't care what it is. Team Alfonso is always ready, always ready to get the dub. You know, it's going to be easy work. So what are your short and long-term goals in professional wrestling at this point? Uh, it's interesting because for the most part, I have short-term goals that are achievable, like simple things that I could do. I like to, you know, as the expression goes, uh, walk before you run. So, one recently that I had was um, was to at least wrestle for titles and Kylie Ray and myself ended up wrestling for the tag titles. So that was a nice one to get off as for long-term. Honestly, like I don't like to think long-term I kind of take every day as it comes, mm -hmm. but uh, I'd say just try and be on uh try and keep this streak. I I've got going by getting on these big shows. I don't care who, what opponents I get. Keep working hard, and uh, that'll show. 
And you've also competed for Berwyn Championship Wrestling, which is being booked yes. by uh, Robert Ego Anthony. So what's that experience like for you working with him? It's almost like an extension of the Academy in a way. Yeah, it's like its own like subgroup almost. You know, Berwyn's great. You know, there's nothing like that locker room there. It's 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 very different from freelance because like in in terms of like that crowd and audience because I don't know, like the the people at Berwyn like they are like crazy for everything. And same goes for freelance, but it's like the product they're putting out is very different. Cuz you could have uh like this last show, what was it? Missa Kate and Heather Reckless just beating the crap out of each other. That was crazy. That was crazy around the whole building. Uh, so it's just stuff like that. And then like the, the matchups too are so different at Berwyn. Like myself versus Yava the Clown at this last show. Like you just look at that and it's like, it's, 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 a, it's an interesting uh, mix up, but it ends up working out. So they, they got a good thing going for them. What was the experience like against Yabo with all the, the circus tricks and stuff that he tries to pull off? You know, I feel like uh, I should have won that match too. You think uh, disqualification would be ruled there for all those uh, foreign objects in the ring, but I don't know. I think he slipped him like like a 20 or something before we walked out. <laughs> yeah, those brothers of construction, uh, they always have something goofy up their sleeves. Uh, yeah, they're super long clown sleeves. <laughs> all right, before we let you go, it's been a pleasure having you on, Alfonso. Um, uh, I appreciate that. Plug your social media. If you have merchandise out yet or coming soon and upcoming events for yourself. I feel like I should memorize my socials by now. I'm pretty sure under, uh, or I don't know. What am I saying? My Instagram is the Alfonso underscore G. And I believe it's the same on Twitter, or you could just look up team Alfonso. I think that's my name on Twitter as well. Upcoming shows, Tyler's day off. Uh, and Crown Point this upcoming, what was it, June 3rd, I believe, uh, Saturday Fourth or Sunday? Yep. Fourth on Saturday. That's right. Uh, then Freelance versus the World, uh, eight-year anniversary, the 17th is coming up. I'll be there doing what? I'm not sure, but I'll be there. I think that's it for recent. I think also, what is it, June 30th is uh, press start to continue, I believe, uh, at Emporium. Yep. Yes, Freelance at Emporium. Be there. Follow me. Uh, you'll never be on my team. Thank you very much. All right, Alfonso Gonzalez. Um, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today and good luck in your future. We will be watching very closely. Uh, thank you. You too, man. It was good talking to Alfonso Gonzalez we're looking forward to seeing the growth of Team Alfonso Dojo in the weeks and months to come. All right, next week, we will recap WWE's Hell in a Cell. Plus, we'll have highlights from Black Label Pro and POW Entertainment and whatever other local wrestling news there is. Plus, we're very, very close to booking a big-time guest involved in the media on the Chicago independent scene. We're almost there, but I just don't want to announce it just yet until it's 100% confirmed, but I'm very, very excited to have this guest on next week as it appears like we're going to have. And maybe I'll drop a hint here. Just think mystical creature. There's the clue. And you'll catch it right here on Windy 
City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.